Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go. Silver 7's on a Thursday. It's Cofield and Company on the road. Our uh, final Silver 7 show of the summer. I want to thank everyone here at Silver 7 for having us out for a long, long, long time. So uh, Adam Hill is here. James is here as well. A lot going on. Happy hour. 277 on a lot of the drinks. So come in. Get ready for a uh, Thursday evening of fun and frivolity. Maybe a little baseball tonight. Adam, what's going on? Not much. Big, big day. A lot of interesting news kind of picking up in the last couple of hours. There wasn't a whole lot going on this morning and then all of a sudden there's okay here's some here's some good stuff that's happening so uh that's fun and uh just getting getting set for the countdown it's under a month now it's a training camp so wow it's on yeah your, your life yeah for a lot of people training camp is not that big a deal but when you cover the nfl uh you have basically six weeks off yeah and you're in the midst of the six weeks but once training camp comes around you and Q or bye-bye? Well, the Golden Knights ruined some of that six weeks. Ruined Knights. Uh, I said ruined Knights. Golden Knights actually did cut into that a little bit. Yeah. But uh, for us as sports fans and for us in radio and, and TV, Golden Knights winning a title was, was freaking awesome. And then the aftermath, too. too, trying to keep the team together. So we'll, we'll get into that as the show moves along. We have a great contest going on right now. Our Lotus Summer of Fun. Every week we've got a new trip. That we're giving away. Uh, right now, you can call in 364 1100, caller 7. Ari's going to hook you up. You are a qualifier for Aviators tickets. You're also a qualifier for the Lotus Summer of Fun Grand Prize. This week's trip is five days in Maui and $1,500 in cash, or you can just take the cash, 3000 bucks straight up. Take the trip or take the cash. It's the Lotus Summer of Fun. Ari's going to hook you up right now, 364 1100, 364 1100. Caller 7 is a qualifier so this show is interesting i think people can tell on the air that everyone's a little bit quirky and maybe a little unstable at times uh if you go up to espn las vegas a twitter account our uh, digital department put out a video of willie just going off in the five o'clock hour and i'm sitting in the background and i'm like kind of holding back laughter but his his rant was epic because it was over something he had tweeted, and he thought a lot of people misunderstood. So go check that out. That's up on my Twitter account. That's Steve Cofield at ESPN Las Vegas. But Willie's a quirky guy. You're a quirky guy. I'm a quirky guy. John's got his idiosyncrasies. Candy is also a quirky guy. Like, we can all admit, when we come across athletes who have something weird about them or something weird they like, that we're not the show that really should be mocking them. We can mock along with them. We can laugh along with them. You sent over a story today about furries and Anthrocon and Andrew McCutcheon. And I tried to read through this. The story was kind of poorly written. It didn't, it didn't do enough background for me. So I need to know what the hell is going on with this guy's fascination with whatever furries are. So apparently, well, furries are... It's, it's, it's drawn a certain connotation. There was a movie not too long ago that drew the furry world into a very like sexually deviant world of the furries getting together with each other. It's not what it's all about. I think there's some people that are just into the costumes and dressing. It's basically 
like the the giant mascots, especially the very furry giant mascots, and just getting together are people that like the feel of them, the the look of them, and they congregate each year apparently in Pittsburgh at this convention. And Andrew McCutcheon, longtime pirate, got very fascinated by it when he was playing there earlier in his career, to where he was like, "What is this?" And he started to try to you know ask around and figure out what it was and what is the appeal of this? Why are they doing this? This is weird. And he learned all about it. And now, apparently, every year when they come to town, he just tweets, furries, they're here. Just one word, furries, to indicate they're there. Now, that would be enough. I mean, like, his his odd obsession that this has been going on for a while, that this convention happens in Pittsburgh each year. But there is something about it that brings out the best in Andrew McCutcheon. He destroys the ball while the furries are in town. Somebody went back and looked at the stats, hitting over 400 in the 15 games that he's played in Pittsburgh when the Furries are there. Three home runs in 15 games. Uh, a couple stolen bases, just crushing the ball. So this morning I tried to find some Andrew McCutcheon props. I was unsuccessful in doing that before the game started. And of course, Andrew McCutcheon, two for four, run scored, double. Oh my God. Solid game from Andrew McCutcheon. So again, AnthroCon is what? A Furries convention. What does that mean? They just get together. I'm sure that some what? of them... So you don't know. Furries. Well, I, I explained it. I mean, a lot of people have turned this into a sexual deviancy thing. Oh. Yes. But I, don't, I think that the general premise of the furry convention is some people just enjoy mascots and dressing as mascots and being around mascots and being a part of it. And then others... Have weird proclivities. Strange. I guess not even weird. They just, yeah. they, you know, enjoy what they enjoy. But I don't know how much of what goes on there is the former and how much is the latter. I assume there's plenty of both. It's weird, but hey, whatever floats your boat, right? Who whatever are we? Floats like- Andrew McCutcheon's boat, and good for good for me. I got him in fantasy, so hopefully this convention goes on for quite a while. So maybe, unless they built it into the numbers, which I can't imagine they would do, with the Pirates, maybe it's a time to uh, bet the Pirates for the length of this Anthrocon. Well, I was, like I said, I was hoping to find a, a prop on McCutcheon this morning. I, I didn't find one, but I'm sure his like total bases over one and a half was like minus 1,800. Because, of course, he was going to crush the ball today, and he you know, had a double and a single and scored a run. Well, tomorrow, they're plus one, uh, 122 against the Brewers. At home? At home, right, and right. Freddie Peralta's on the mound, who has been a little up and down this year. Well, I'd say find a find hmm. an Andrew McCutcheon player prop. Okay. Or play like some daily fantasy and put him in the lineup. So, Willie has his intricacies. Andrew McCutcheon has his. Last night was, man, it was, it was very emotional. Very emotional night for me. Uh, one... I finally got a chance to watch the NHIE finale, and I actually could not stay in the room. I had a tough time. What's NHIE? Really? Am I supposed to know? Never have I ever. I've, I'm still on season two. Okay. I'm not, I don't want to ruin it for you. That is a mini Kaling story about a, a high school girl who is Indian. Season three that just came out, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I don't know if it's three or four, but um, yeah, the finale for this season was, like I said, moving. 
Davey is going off to college. And I think you'll enjoy it because there's a very much an Ivy League theme, okay. but not involving Yale. Ah, but you, you, you're, you're like Ivy by League. connection, you have this Ivy League thing going. So I think when you, when you hear Princeton and Columbia, you're gonna, you'll enjoy it, but you'll also do that. Hopefully they trash them. Yeah, so it was very moving. Good base. Uh, good, good base. Um, I'm going to punch myself in the face in a second. I am off to a slow start today. <laughs> Goodbyes are tough. They are. Was it, it was very heart-wrenching? Did it set up for a season four? Well, I've told everyone why I watch the show Never Have I Ever. John, John, McEnroe, John McEnroe. John McEnroe is a narrator, uh, kind of the voice of the high school girl. Kind of the Wonder Years thoughts along those lines. He's very good. The, oh, lines, yeah. the lines he's written or are for, um, that are given to him, he delivers really well. I've always wondered if he actually watches the show to know the context of what he's saying. He must. <laughs> Can you imagine if he just reads it and he has no idea what any of the characters look like or what the story's about? He and he's dropping F-bombs and talking about doinking and lots of good stuff. I feel like he probably, he, he probably just does the voice and doesn't know. So I left the room several times. I recovered. Then I got on Twitter and I see uh, Perfect Game. I'm like, all right, this is the way I want to watch baseball. I got the last out. Of the Yankees, top of the ninth. Yankees have a perfect game going. They keep it through the break on uh, A's television. They go to the other side, and then I got to watch Domingo Herman seal a perfect game. And I'm telling you, like, you know, each each ball that was hit, you're like, oh, okay, there's someone there. Thank God. Yeah, final out was a, it was ripped to third base. I I was worried, and then Donaldson snow coned it. I always wonder because there's only been 24 of these now tracked back to 1880 so we're talking about 143 years of baseball and there's only been 24 of them what it is like at the end of the game for the fielders because there were a lot of balls that were put in play i think he went you know nine nine innings uh, no walks nine k's so balls were put in play and especially in the ninth like routine ground balls like i wonder how nerve-wracking it is like donaldson snow cones it and he just he he actually looked really calm he doesn't Across the diamond, sidearm, right on the money. I'll go one step further. Anthony Volpe had one, I think, right before that. I'm like, rookie! All right, we're good. I'll go one step further. We've seen the havoc it can play on an umpire. Yeah. The Armando Galarraga perfect game, which was a perfect game. Yep. The umpire got so nervous that he blew a call. Completely effed it up, and it was yeah. before replay. That yeah. would have been overturned. Yeah. I mean, that that's the kind of pressure you're dealing with for everybody that's standing on that field because it is so rare. And you also don't want to... Like, as you say, as an umpire, you don't want to give him a free out and say, like, well, you've now you've tainted the other 23 perfect games of all time. So you get like you kind of panic. And he called somebody safe who was clearly out and blew it for Armando Galarraga, who that would have been the biggest moment of his life. And it was blown. And you know what's interesting? It's guys like Armando Galarraga and Domingo Herman that litter most of the list of perfect games. Like, I always forget... When they talk about perfect games, how freaking rare they are. 24 in 142 years, especially now in an era where for a couple of years we had whatever, the mushy ball uh, <laughs> thing put out there by uh, Bobby Manfred and no hitters left and right. Do you ever look at the list of all-time perfect games? No. Last one was over a, a decade, by the way. Yeah, over 11 years ago. Felix Hernandez, who was a very good pitcher for about seven years. Yeah. And then kind of flamed out. Who's the last giant to do it? This is another guy who had about a five-year prime and then kind of flamed out. What, did Lincecum get one? Matt Cain. Oh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. A member of the White Sox did it in 2012. 
There was three, three in 2012? A member of the White Sox did it in 2012. Wow. There were three in 2012. You are right. Wow. What, yeah. a, what a year for a perfect game. <laughs> right? And then it doesn't happen for 11 years. The guy in 2012 for the White Sox, Philip Humber. Yeah, what? Right. Did Philip Humber have 15 career wins? Probably. I don't know. We'll look it up during the break. Uh, Dallas Brayton, who was a very ordinary pitcher, and uh, well, I won't make any commentary on his his broadcasting or his dislike of A-Rod. He can shove it. But you look through history. Other guys, Roy Halladay's you know, very good pitcher. Randy Johnson did it. Mark Burley did it. Uh, David Cohn, David Wells. I actually tweeted out a picture of Wells because you remember Wells had the stupid Babe Ruth hat on that he wasn't supposed to wear, and then he's getting carried off, and he's like, yeah, and waves the hat in the air. Kenny Rogers, but before, want to make a joke? Okay. Uh, Kenny Rogers, before he was with the Yankees, was with Texas. Dennis Martinez, Tom Browning, Mike Witt. I remember that one. He was actually part of the El- California Angels. So I could go through this whole list, but the guys who've done it are, you know, most of them are etched in stone. Len Barker did it in 81. Sandy Koufax did it. Why do you think so many of the guys who were kind of ordinary pitchers, why do you think they were able to do it? I mean, I think it's such a rare thing that you're going to have certain guys that just have that one that one day. It, it's like it's not – if you didn't get one, it's not like a, a reflection of you. Like, I don't think you, you judge somebody poorly because they never had one. It's just – it's kind of the rare occurrence of everything coming together where one team is not locked in and you are focused and throwing strikes and the umpire is giving you corners and like a lot of things have to go right for that to happen. By the I mean, way, Philip Humber, you said at 15, it's 16 career wins. Okay, there you so go. He went over. So he did go over my very low number, but he threw a perfect game. So he's one of 24 pitchers in history in 143 years that have thrown a perfect game. Uh, we'll get to Domingo Herman's previous punchouts uh, later in the show. How much mocking on this did you see where, hey, Yankees, Domingo Herman throws a perfect game, but it was the A's? Well, yeah, that, that part too. Uh, yeah, I mean, right away. I mean, I did it. You know, I, I posted it right away. I was like, oh, wow, another proud moment for our Las Vegas A's. Um, and on the positive side, only three errors defensively, too. So solid all-around game for those uh, Las Vegas athletics. I, I think, look, they're major league hitters, and that's fine. But they're not. It's not a major league lineup, and you saw that yesterday. But you, you also look through the all the years of baseball. It might be one of the worst teams we've ever seen, but... You know, there's been plenty of bad teams that weren't perfect gamed. Like this, it's you can't necessarily take away somebody's accomplishment because the team sucks that they played against. Like it's still very, very impressive. Still, guys that know how to get on base, guys that know how to hit the ball. Like there are still those guys that exist, even if they're not good. <laughs> are you suggesting that uh, our legislators watch the game and then reconvene and vote again oh, on the stadium? There's still time. No, there's not. There is the only vote left. Is Bobby Manfred and his bosses? No, not necessarily. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. What could get in the way? Well, Teachers Union has uh, launched a. Uh, basically, it's a it's a challenge, but they're trying to block the funding from going and saying, "Look, there there's rules in the legislature about where funding goes first, and if it's not going to us, then it can't go to them." So, what's that process? We'll see. I think it just started happening today. So, it's, uh, I mean, is it, does it go to court? I would hope so. Let's go. Any any process that you could possibly find to make sure that this is fully fully vetted which it clearly wasn't you know it's 99.9 percent guaranteed to happen the only thing that is uncertain is the trop site everything else is virtually done 
I don't know. I do think it's still open that Oakland now has in writing what the what the Las Vegas deal is. Like they still could come out and be like, "Look, ours is twice as good as that." What are you What are you doing? Like that's still possible. And okay. maybe that's just cockeyed optimism and just hope. <laughs> Which is the most ass backward thing anyone would expect any Las Vegas radio person to. You said there's. What, you no, said no, there's, we want baseball. We don't yeah. want A's. Okay. That's, let's be clear about that. So you're rooting against this, and that's optimism. Yes. Optimistic things that could happen. Yes. Yeah. Oakland could come in, save the day with a better deal. Or we want the, the A's with a new owner. That's fine, too. I'll take that. I ain't selling based on this deal. In Vegas? This saves him. As you've pointed out, the stadium will not be $1.5 billion. Uh, he will not be putting any of his own money in because whatever he has to float beyond what Nevada gives him, he's going to get a loan. Um, I mean, I wouldn't doubt if he goes and cries Porter baseball. I don't know if the other owners will do this, but um, and get a freaking loan from baseball to cover. I, I don't think he's ever going to put out any money. Yeah. He'll be paying back money, but I, I, don't, I don't know that he has it. We, we talked about that three weeks ago where one of the uh, Bay Area guys was talking about, you know, the gap. That whole empire is not falling apart, but, you know, it's losing value. I don't know that John Fisher has the cash on hand to be, you know, pouring out like $300 million. I think this is all going to be on loans. Nevada loan, yeah. Clark County loan, and out of Goldman Sachs, Bank of America. I don't know. Must be nice, huh? All makes sense. <laughs> that's, that's, well, that's how rich people get richer. You don't put much of your money at risk. No. I'll pay no. it back. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm good for it. And they never catch up with you, or rarely do. That's why the one guy, remember that got to the guy that got to buy the Islanders that had nothing. Oh yeah, well, I mean, one of the uh, you know more valuable franchises in all of American sports is the Dodgers. How the hell did Frank McCourt even get that done? Yeah, he had no money. Yeah. He didn't have baseball money, Does not now. baseball owner money. Does now. Well, we got an Aces game coming up tonight, right here on ESPN Las Vegas. We'll uh, get you ready for that game a little later on. Um, we had a big trade yesterday, so we'll get Adam's take on Riley Smith. Because that's a shocker for many people. We'll also get into how the market has reacted to this point. Because I figure there's going to be a lot of boo-hoo and, and anger, and I can't believe they did this. But it, I think it's actually been the opposite. People are getting pretty smart when it comes to their major league pro franchise hockey team. Daily happy hour from 3 to 5 p.m. Pint shots and margaritas for $2.77 at the Silver and Gold Sports Bar inside the Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. All right, crazy times with the Vegas Golden Knights, making moves, maybe shocking some people. Also crazy times with you, Adam Hill. Was today another day of VGK commemoratives offered up by the RJ? Uh, Yeah, in the long process, I think uh, the last couple days it's come out, the... uh the bundle, you get the uh, the paper and the the cover that came out that everybody was holding up at the finals, all kinds of stuff. The book's coming out, so get that. Got the you can't get the book in the bundle though, right? No, separate. The bundle today, I think, is ten bucks. Yep. So there you go. Line your pockets, my friend. Promote, promote, promote. Come on, Adam. Yeah, it's all. It, and by the way, just to everybody out there, it was all to me. So <laughs> keep it that does? in mind. Yes. Okay. Well, there's some motivation then. All to me. Go get I'm these collectibles. Adam will kidding. benefit from it. No, it's very, they're very cool, though. And I've had so many people ask me about getting them, and uh, there was a huge rush, obviously, uh, in the days after. Uh, you know. couldn't get them. That's factually correct. Yes. I couldn't. I have a couple now, finally. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was very popular, and I know a lot of people are framing them and putting them up. I think it's a real cool 
uh, gift idea, commemorative covers and all that. So uh, it's cool. I know a local bar that we hang out at wanted a paper so they could put it up in a frame. So I think a lot of people will be doing that. How do we commemorate Riley Smith and all he did for the organization? A lot of fans were shocked yesterday. Smith out, third-round pick from the Penguins. Almost immediately it's announced Barbie staying for basically Riley Smith's money. What was your reaction? Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it it would be Riley Smith that would be the one, but, I mean, there are some reasons that it makes sense uh, to move on from his deal. He's got, you know, two years left on it. Uh, It was strictly to clear cap space, obviously. I mean, the Barbershop deal is announced right away. It was, hey, we're making this move in order to clear the space to make this signing, and they announced the extension of Barbershop, who... Uh, came in and was very productive, you know, fit in so well on the top line, which I think is very important uh, for this team of somebody who plays very well with Eichel, and you saw what can happen when they were reunited uh, in that lineup. So uh, all of that makes sense. I mean, I know it sucks for people to, you know, lose another one of the original players. I know that, you know, it's, it's, we're running very short on, uh, you know, on ties to that first team, but in the end, like, this is what they do. And there's a reason you got to stand out there and go to a parade and celebrate the cup because they're heartless. That's that's why. If you would have stayed with that original team, I think there would have been some really lean years. The deal with Barbie, you know, our conversation yesterday with Willie and also our uh, our buddy Justin Watkins, who's a big hockey fan, follows it pretty closely as well. If Barbashev took on lots of other offers, is he getting five and five? He might. I think he might have got more. A lot of people think he might have gotten more. That he may have taken a little bit of a discount yeah. because of – the cup-winning team, the atmosphere, and also the tax situation here versus other places. Yeah, I think that's very possible. Um, I haven't talked to him to know that, but uh, I assume that's you know part of it. And I'm you know I'm sure that there are you know possibilities that he could have made some money, especially maybe on a non-contender and a non-playoff uh, type team that would have tried to bring him in and uh, you know get a lot out of him. But in the end, like there is there is reasons to take a little bit less, and I think those are those are some good ones. And so you know, Barbershop sticks around, and I you know. The track record is not maybe as long as Riley Smith's track record of playing at a high level, but he is younger, and I think the way that he fit in is bigger than anything. Like he just, they needed somebody on that line that played exactly like Barbashev does, and you know he he fit right into it, stepped right into it, and I think over time it can even grow better. More coming up on Riley Smith and the trade, and Barbie back in the fold, and what's going to happen with Aiden Hill. Uh, that is not a done deal. It was reported on Sunday, but it's not a done deal yet. We'll also. Uh, play some of the Kelly McCrimmon bites for you. He uh, had a quick press conference yesterday in Nashville, so we'll grab some of those bites as well. But up next, the match is on the way just down the road at uh, Wynn, Las Vegas, with the uh, Warriors and the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, not only the guys in the match, but, man, they got a lot of guys who talk a lot. <laughs> it's like Patrick Mahomes is doing a lot of the heavy lifting, fellas. Shut it down a little bit. Cofield and Company will be right back. Keep it here on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. Got feedback from uh, listener John saying on the discussion about furries and Andrew McCutcheon's love of furries. Is there some sort of convention right now? What is an Anthrocon? Yeah. He said, um, imagine if My Little Ponies met Age of Chivalry Fair. That's furries. I still have no idea what that means. Well, I think that's the, what, the Renaissance Fair? Mm, okay. Like a, and My Little Pony. Well, the bronies are 
That's a that's a group. What? The Bronies. Huh? That's a uh, that's a whole new world that I don't think you want to delve into. I don't want to delve into any of it. I don't think. I mean, maybe the, I might do some research tonight and find out I am truly a uh, furry fan. The furries. Furry fan. If the furries and the Bronies had a convention at the same time in the same city, I'd move. Okay. I think. It's just too much. The Jabronis? No, the Bronies. Okay. Um, were you on a call earlier this week with the Chiefs Jabroni? The Chiefs Chief Jabroni? I was on a call. I was on one Zoom with uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kels. Okay, so Kelsey was on there, and I saw you use the stupid line about never losing in Vegas. Like, ha 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 All right, the Raiders haven't beaten you. Well, he, he, funny. he then went on and said. He used it in Hawaii like three days ago. Then, then he went on and said. I don't even just mean the Raiders. He's like, we win every time we go to the casino. We win every time we go to the club. Oh, really? like, we win in every, everything in oh, Vegas. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, if I were a, a pit boss, I'd be. I'd have that up <laughs> for the dealers is uh, some bulletin board material. Oh, is that right? You never lose. Okay. So they win every Chase time. Dice! Every golf Every match. time he gets on a roll. Yeah. <laughs> every, every golf <laughs> match they have here, every, everything. Every card table. Sorry, Shuffler's broken. <laughs> Just break the rhythm. I don't Just think, break the rhythm. I don't think that the high, the high limit table they're using the shuffle. They take it personally? Oh, they don't use the shuffler? I think they shuffle the arm. Well, it's cards. just one of those, uh, just someone, every, every like three, anytime a dealer's on a good roll with Kelsey, someone comes up, taps the shoulder, out. Just keep switching it. Just try to get, try to get that mush on the table. I know you guys don't control the card no, gods, but, no. but people who play do believe that. Of course they do. Like this? I can't win a thing here! Tra- and Travis? I'm getting up! Travis embraces the challenge. They never lose. Okay. Well, I hope they get freaking whacked today. Uh, I never root for Steph Curry, but Steph Curry the golfer, can I do that? Only Steph Curry the golfer will I root for. I I hope they destroy Kels, as you call him. It's his name. I hope they crush them, and almost every shot that Kelsey hits is just some freaking snap hook into the woods or some crap slice somewhere or just tops every shot he makes Do you think or hope, takes. hope he plays like Josh Allen did last year? God, his act is getting old. I enjoy them. Although I will say I warmed up to him a little bit. I saw that the other day he did an interview uh, with the Barstool folks and said that podcasting is really hard. He said it's the hardest job in the effing world to keep coming out with content that people want to hear. Oh, yeah. is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I their like show, that. That's a good show's, sign. Their show's pretty good. And that's a good sign of respect. He actually he was complimenting his brother. Yeah. But that's a good sign of respect that, uh, you know what, when football season's not going on, the uh, Kelsey podcast, which is monstrous, yeah. uh, they have trouble coming up with content. I like that. They're, they're getting some good guests on now. A little respect. Yeah, it's true. Let's do it. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Chiefs defensive player Chris Jones talking trash. He put out a, a tweet just saying he's going to be the defensive player of the year this year. I don't know if that's trash talk or just predictions. Or, 20 sacks? Well, he put out a tweet saying he's going to be the defensive player of the year, and somebody said, that would take you getting 20 sacks. And he just said, okay. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Like, all right. I'm on. So he's, say, he's Boy, saying, all right, if that's what it takes, that's what I'll do. Boy, it's nice having Patrick Mahomes back there behind center, even for the defensive players. Boy, the stuff, the trash you can talk when your quarterback can pull the kind of passes he does out of his keister. Well, the miracle plays, the comebacks, playing on a bum leg. The, the, the twenty sacks would be wouldn't. I guess it would have to do with Mahomes because you're playing with the lead all the time. Mm-hmm. That helps. Yeah, for sure. Three six four eleven hundred. Caller seven. We've got four tickets for the Aces and Connecticut. That's this Sunday. We got the big Liberty game tonight here in town. But Aces and Connecticut on Sunday the first. 
You'll be in the ESPN Fan Zone, Fan Zone presented by Westar Credit Union and Finley Volkswagen Henderson. You can get tickets for Sunday's game and all Aces games at axs.com. But Ari's got a four-pack right now, 364-1100, caller 7. Live entertainment returns to Silver 7s every Friday and Saturday from 8.30 to midnight at the Bud Light Sports Bar inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Lawyer, host of Suit Up News, legal and cultural contributor Xavier Pope is live on Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Rolling on here, Silver Sevens on this Thursday. Uh, our last show at Silver Sevens for a while. We appreciate Silver Sevens housing the show for the last couple of years and especially sticking with us through uh, like 98% of COVID because. There weren't a lot of places that were open and wanted shows out, and we've had a good partnership with the folks here at Silver Sevens over years and years and years. So yesterday, and really the last two days, Willie and I were talking about just how crazy the schedule is here all the time, but looking ahead for the basketball season, Adam, November 6th, there is going to be a quadruple header at the Fortress. Two women's games, two men's games. The, I assume the women's games are going to be in the afternoon, with the second game being LSU and Kim Mulkey and Angel Reese in Las Vegas. They're facing Colorado. And I would guess the nightcap will be a USC game because they're scheduled to be here. Because I don't know the exact timing of it. But USC and Bronny James, LeBron's son, will be in the late game. And the first discussion we had... was of all the women's games the rest of the year in Las Vegas, pro and college, what's the bigger ticket? Aces, and I actually was restricting it to just regular season games, but Aces or LSU? Regular season, it has to be LSU. Keep in mind, Aces play in a building that you know houses about 10,000. Sure. I'm sure they'll have it because of Bronny. They'll have it configured for the full 18-plus. At T-Mobile, yeah. I mean, still, it's it's one it's a one-off, and you know, I wrote last week in in the Sunday column, and I I'll stand by this: the regular season is dumb in the WNBA now. It's over. It's it's done. Like there's literally zero chances they're not in the playoffs. So you think the rest of the regular season they'll they'll average like four or five thousand? No one's going to go to the games. No, people are going because they love to watch the winner, and you know they love to have a chance of not having. The, there's you go to a game, there's no chance of being disappointed because they're going to win. Yeah, uh, some people are still going, but the, yeah, the the one one off ticket of having LSU here, I think it'll be bigger. Xavier Poe is with us out of Chicago, attorney, content creator. Suit up news is coming back soon. As soon as Facebook starts up its own Twitter, Xavier, how you doing, buddy? I'm fantastic. How you guys? We're good. We were just talking about Angel Reese and women's basketball and the Aces, and I was pointing out in November in Las Vegas, we got a quadruple header featuring Angel Reese and LSU and Mulkey in a game earlier in the day, and then Bronny and USC later in the day. Who do you think is bigger uh, You know, from a sports culture standpoint? Is it Bronny James or Angel Reese? That's a really great question. I think at this point, Bronny James is a, is a bigger figure because he's LeBron James. Done. And people also, that's also tied to the future of LeBron James, what, what, what decisions that LeBron James is going to make about his career. And some of the things he said, said after the season is LeBron James going to take a season off? Is he going to, is he going to play? Is he going to wait, go to where LeBron, uh, LeBron James winds up uh, at some point? Um, but in terms of the current 
sports uh, landscape in terms of women's sports, Angel Reese is probably a bigger figure um, because she's drew more attention to women's sports um, than maybe we've seen in a generation. Um, and so I think from that standpoint, the, the, the increased focus in women's sports is something that hasn't happened in um, women's sports, particularly women's basketball. And so that's why she's a bigger figure in that respect. In your mind, how important is it for her to use that platform for, you know, for positive change? Well, I think well, that's up to her. I think, I think no one can tell Angel Reese what to do. I think we already have a society <laughs> a year after Dobbs uh, where women are telling women what to do with their bodies. And I think that when it comes to women's sports, they can do what the heck they want to do. They could, they, could, they, could, they could use social media however they choose. And it looks like Angel Reese is definitely one of those figures that is do, that's following her own path and doing her own thing. All right, for both of you guys, we have another set of uh, suspensions coming down the NFL involving gambling. So give me your take on this, Xavier, and then I want Adam to explain what the case was here with some more details. But what do you think of what's going on? Uh, I think it's just the, the, the NFL, um, they have increasingly used technology to be able to track who's betting on games. I think that's the big and I think they're getting that feedback. Um, and some of the suspensions, um, there, there, there's definitely a difference in the type of suspension. If you're, um, the policy was that NFL players could not bet on any sport, whether in NFL or otherwise, that was changed in 2018, um, so that they cannot, bet, they could bet on other 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 sports other than the NFL, but they could not do so at, a, at an NFL facility. And so that's where you see the shorter suspensions coming from. But betting on the actual games, that's where you see the indefinite longer suspensions coming from. Yeah, and I think you know a bigger issue here is you know the guys that got suspended today, the the new wave it's pretty clear why they were suspended. I mean, they broke pretty obvious rules that are there. But What are the obvious rules? Because not everyone knows that. Well, with, with one of the players with the Colts actually bet $1,000 on a Colts rushing prop. Why is that wrong? I mean, if you're, you're we, betting well, on you, your team? You, you're banned. from. You can't, we can't bet on your own team. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's, that's, that's the biggie with that. Um, and he, took, he did a, well, over 100 bets. Yeah, uh, and, 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 NFL games. That's so clear. And then the the the, the, the other player that was uh, that was suspended for six games. Um, it was, he he openly admitted, "Hey, I was following the rules of Tennessee of it, Titans player." And but but guess what? The rules said you cannot bet uh, on the, in the facilities. And he openly admitted in a statement that he had bet at the NFL facility. Uh, Doug, you just told him yourself that that's against the rules, and it apparently. I think that's probably something that he needs to talk to his agent about because if you are willing to just openly admit something and claim that you're innocent, that means you weren't clear on the rule. That's something you need to be talking to your agent and your representative about. And that's my point. I mean, I don't think anybody is going to is going to have any issue at all with, hey, you've been on an NFL game, you've been on your own team, you're suspended. That's clear. That's not even up yeah. for debate. But the, the, the actual rules that are written are a problem. So the NHL rule is like seven words long. Players cannot bet on NHL games. That's the rule. The entirety of the rule. That's it. The NFL rule is like pages. And there's so much vagary in it. Again, the, the guys that are suspended today, I don't I don't even that they did what they did. They were they broke the rules and that's fine. Now, a lot of the bets that the guy was making was for his friends back home because he lived in Indianapolis and they lived in a non betting state. And so they were yeah. like, hey, can you put $25 on this game for me? Can you put $50 oh on this game God. for me? And he's doing it, which I think we've all done. By the way, it's illegal, but we, I think we've all done it. Um, so that is what it is. But then the $1,000 bet on the Colts prop, that's a problem. That's why you're suspended, and that's clear. But there are so many vagaries to the rule. I've, I've said this before. There are play There is it, multiple players on the Raiders who have asked me about something 
involving a rule in sports betting because they don't understand what the rule is because one of the rules, Xavier, is you can – first of all, there's a rule you can't associate with sports bettors, which almost yep. everyone I know is a sports better. So you can't be friends with anybody that bets on a sport or is there – some way to clarify what they mean by like a professional. Right now, it just says you can't be, can't associate with sports bettors. That's a bad rule. The other one is you can't enter a sports book during the season. Okay, there's a large pool in town that has a betting window. Can you go there? Players don't know. Well, well see that see that's where the rub is because you still have two two stadiums in Arizona and and over uh, over out east um, with 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 Washington that have. Set, had it set up where they have certain facilities in place. Um, so how does that play when you have these different relationships um, with sports gaming um, and then you have players that are in the facility playing, but then you tell them not to walk into a sports book? I think that's where the rules need to be uh, more clearly defined. And then the association piece is definitely an issue. But I still think that's not the reason why these guys are currently being suspended. I mean, I think that that – I mean, there's, it's pretty clear. Don't bet on NFL games. It's also pretty clear – don't bet on uh, okay. You don't bet on NFL games, but also don't bet on other. You can bet on other sports, but don't do so at an NFL facility. And then also, every team has an as a as a player rep. Go talk to your player rep. You are, you have an agent. Go talk to your agent about the rules. Um, and so when you and you also we also know the CBA is pretty big as well. And so to be able to understand and interpret the CBA, you also talk to your team rep. And so if you are if you don't feel comfortable to talk to your team rep or talk to your agent, then you, I, you clearly think that something you're doing might be wrong. Then I'm flouting rules, and you're trying to start navigate. Yeah, I, I, like I said, the, the guys that are suspended are suspended for a good reason. They broke the rules. They're clear rules. That's fine. But at some point, there, there does need to be, like, for example, in Tennessee, if you walk up and down Broadway where everybody goes when they're in, in Nashville, a bunch of the mm-hmm. restaurants have sports books in them. Can you eat there? Really? Like, I don't know. Can you eat there or not? And, like, that's not addressed specifically. So even I've talked to agents, they're like, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure what the rule is because it's vague in the CBA. So that's where you need to address it and get it better. And, like I said, the NHL rule is, like, seven words long, very, very easy to understand whether you're doing right or wrong. Uh, I think they need to go more in that direction. And, and I would imagine, Xavier, there will probably be, because there's vagary in the CBA, I'm sure there will be guys at some point that get suspended for things that they're like wait a minute how is this wrong where does it say this again not these guys now but down the road where you can challenge it and say what where how is how are you interpreting this rule i mean that's an excellent question but that's that's the original that's the reason why the rules were changed in 2018 uh, is because of some of the vagaries in the rule. And so as sports betting and sports gaming continues to evolve, I think it's incumbent upon the NFL to make sure they don't have other situations like this occur. And then you have players are in a situation where they feel like they're being entrapped. Um, and then it puts more onus on, on the NFL to be able to police this. Now, the technology element, of, if you're going to put all this money into some of these partners to for the geo tracking and then also um, having uh, investing in companies that work with sports gaming to determine how if someone who has an account as a player and they, they bet, then if you can invest in that, you can invest in making sure there are clear rules for players to understand well, what, when you're violating a rule and when they're not. Xavier Pope is with us. It's Cofield and Company here at Silver Sevens on this Thursday. I uh, saw a really interesting story that you retweeted that uh, hockey – to an HBCU in Tennessee, is it a first with the historically black colleges? And I guess it could be really good, but it's going to shine a light on a, a problem that hockey has, right? 
Absolutely. Uh, Tennessee State announced uh, they have a partnership with NHLPA, NHL, and also the National Predators uh, to, able to be established, being the first uh, HBCU to have a hockey program. And one of the things that first came to my mind is, okay, that's great, but where does a pipeline for players to come to play hockey at Tennessee State? So I immediately started thinking about access sports like golf, and I remember a, a story from Anscape that talked about the significant amount of HBCUs that do have golf programs, but that they don't have majority black players. So, okay, it's great. You, you, you have these, these, these institutions, but then they're not really supported. And then there's a MEAC, the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, their, their champion is not even an HBCU school. Uh, <laughs> so so it, 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 it's great. It, it, it's something that people respond to. Oh, wow, you know, there's black hockey. Oh, not quite. Uh, you still have to have these are access sports that cost money to get engaged and also from a young age to make sure that you're playing against proper competition so that you can compete at a higher level. Unless the NHL um, has a specific way to be able to make sure that pipeline is there if kids are 10 years old because that's, that's the age uh, when kids are supposed to be developing in terms of becoming really great hockey players then they have to do that to ensure that they're going to be at HBCUs like a, like a Tennessee State. They're going to actually have African-American players. You can find Xavier up on Twitter at Xavier Pope. Uh, last one, we got like two minutes left for this one, but I thought it was pretty interesting from front office sports. Uh, Sage Steele has been fighting. Um, it's been a battle over the COVID mandate at ESPN, and I guess ESPN's uh, now offered Sage Steele $501,000 to settle a lawsuit. What are your thoughts on this? And if uh, this one is settled, but even for big money, doesn't that open the floodgates on other workplace challenges? Uh, potentially, but I don't think a five hundred and one thousand dollars is a ton of money. Sage Steel was a top life uh, talent, and <laughs> well, I mean, for for at least for someone like Sage Steel, <laughs> yes. I I don't necessarily think it, it sets a precedent. But we do see, um, and I think to resolve this 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 quickly, uh, I mean, this is, I don't think it's a huge deal. I think this is pretty much a blip in the radar. But in terms of uh, industry wide, this definitely could be a big issue in terms of of various industries that that mandate that cost people their jobs. And so we're going to see a wave of those type of lawsuits over the next couple of years. Uh, and this is, just, uh, this is just a picture of part of that. All right. Where do I go from here? Well, I was, I was going well, to point out, that, uh, yeah. I was just looking at the North Carolina A&T golf roster. Yeah. Uh, they do have one black golfer at an okay. HBCU. All right. And for those that might know, it's J.R. Smith, a rich athlete who uh, then went right. back to college <laughs> to play golf. Only one on the roster. Uh, by the way, when I say where do I go from here, uh, we have like five more stories lined up. But <laughs> another real quick one: Did you uh, did you click on the link of the story I sent you of someone defacing the Roman Colosseum, an American citizen defacing the Roman Colosseum? Like, what is wrong with people? What should happen to a person like that? They should be subjected to the laws that 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 place where they are defacing the Roman Colosseum. Um, this is this is not. You don't go to other places and, and act in idiot and expect to not be punished for it. Hey, they, they should be punished to the fullest extent of the law by messing around with an historic landmark. This is so old of uh, just being an idiot. Uh, a F around and play uh, and find out it's still it's still available in 2023. Xavier, good job. Um, I'm having some people over. Am I doing a cookout or a barbecue? What do I call it? Call it whatever you want to, Steve. Cook, gonna, barbecue, as long as you make sure that you make sure you feed people and, and, and they're well-fed and they enjoy themselves. Oh, I will. The uh, Between the grill and the air fryer, it's going to be hot as hell in Cofield land. Air fryer is essential for a cookout now. How weak is that? Xavier, we appreciate it, man. Have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself. Have a great holiday. Love you guys. There he is. Xavier Pope. Adam, do it. He won't do great it. Great spot.
Oh, great spot. Love you, Xavier. All right, 4 o'clock coming up.